This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. My name is Shehnaz Ahmed. I am on the MSA, I'm one of the MSA board. And today's topic is going to be about the misconception of Islam, as you can see. Uh, the speaker, Sheikh Kifah, can't make it due to a couple of things. So, inshallah, it's going to be Sheikh Usama Jaman. He graduated from Ohio State University. He's the president of Media Group right now, and he was the ex-president of the Mosque Foundation. And uh, his master's, master's degree is in engineering. Um, uh, today, inshallah, which means God willing, I just... Today, like you said, the lecture is going to be about the misconceptions of Islam, and hopefully you guys will know the truth about Islam. I mean, there's a lot of talk, you could see from media, you know, showing the wrong message, but truly, hopefully, our brother, Sheikh Usama Jamal, will show the truth about Islam, and I welcome him. Thank you. Um... First of all, good morning. It's still morning, right? It's 11. Um, I'm very delighted to be here at Moraine Valley Community College. I would like to thank the MSA for inviting me and for the circumstances that took the uh, original speaker and gave me the opportunity to replace him and speak on his behalf. Um, it, is not, it hasn't been the first time to be at the uh, Moraine Valley Community College. I had the pleasure of meeting many uh, of the students and the boards and professors at Moraine Valley through different occasions. And we have given talks uh, also on occasion. So it's more like I'm feeling at home here. Um, so thank you for Moraine Valley for providing this kind of forum, the um, uh, freedom of speech, uh, exchange of ideas, and uh, understanding one another especially at times when certain topics, certain religions, certain politics impact on the people and uh, they would like to know a little bit more about it. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful forum and uh, I'm delighted to be here and hopefully present something as the topic suggests, some misconceptions about Islam and I, I can understand that and uh, I don't blame anybody uh, who has been subjected to the barrage of media uh, blitzes and uh, presentations and news that uh, sometimes really does not reflect the truth um, and the facts about Islam. It's more like whatever in the news and it depends on the news reporter in which agenda they're trying to serve. Um, I hope this is a great forum that seeks to know a true um, information. It has nothing to do with propaganda. Um, I'm not a propagandist. I'm not trying to uh, present Islam in a, in a way to say that, you know, um, this is not the truth. I'm trying to uh, quote you and give you exactly how Muslims see Islam and what is Islam. And I, I don't care what others say, um, you would like to hear it and take it from the horse mouth. So I hope that I will be able to convey that message and be able to provide you the information 
to the best of my knowledge, and I would like to encourage you at the end of this presentation to uh, ask your questions, because those are usually the ones that I uh, either do not cover in my presentation or you may not have had a clear understanding of what I was saying. Um, Islam is not a religion that is uh, new. It is not for the last 100 years or 200 years or that it has just come to the United States uh, after 9-11. Islam has been for over 1,400 years, has a great impact on humanity, and I will touch upon that. And it has contributed to world civilizations, to the world politics, to the world economy, education, science, and all forms of life. And it represents about one-fifth to one-fourth of the world population. Almost one out of five or one out of four most likely to be a Muslim. Interesting enough that sometimes people think that Islam means Arabs, and Arabs means Islam. That is not true. Arabs within the Muslim world are the minority. About 21% of the Muslim population are only Arabs, and the rest of them are non-Arabs. Uh, because you have to bear in mind that there are Christian Arabs who still live in, in uh, Arab countries, and uh, we had also Jews who lived in Arab countries and still live in Arab countries, like in Morocco, like in Syria, believe it or not. There used to be in Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon is anyway a small country anyway. Um, in Yemen and in other places um, within the Arab countries, there are Jews. And, of course, within the Muslim countries, there are Jews, like in Iran, for instance. There's a good contingency of Jews uh, in Iran. So... What is Islam? First of all, just you know, uh, Islam does invite um, you know people to recognize, believe, and worship God, um, to believe in heaven and hell, uh, believe in the day of judgment, uh, enjoying what is right, forbidding what is, what is wrong, and also to uh, forbid uh, to follow the divine uh, guidance. Now, Islam is mono religion, we believe in just one God. Um, it's not begotten, does not beget children, doesn't have a wife, doesn't have a partner, is not like a human beings. Um, anything comes to your mind as God is absolutely not. So um, God is not confined to what human beings' ability can confine him to. He's much larger much bigger, much more than what we can confine him within our own senses and our own imagination. That's why he is God and we are the creations of God. And so there is a great distinct differentiation between humans and God. And there's only one God. That's the worship. And we believe that this God is the one who sent messengers throughout the history and existence of mankind to help them come back to his way um, and to correct their uh, journey 
to believe in him. They came through different messengers throughout history. Um, of course, we believe in the first creation of mankind as Adam and no, uh, Adam and Eve, and from them came the offsprings of human beings, and then a major, uh, a major change in history occurred during the time of Noah, when the the grand flood came in, and each pair of creations been on the board of Noah's Ark that saved humanity and each and every living thing that we see today were those who were on Noah's Ark. And that was a major shift. And then after that, we start to see prophets came, uh, like Abraham, peace be upon him. And you may notice that Muslims, anytime they mention a prophet of God, has to invoke the peace and blessings be upon them. It's a, a way of respect, recognizing their um, higher level of um, human dignity. So we just do not mention them like I called Joe and Dave and Hassan and Ellie. Um, we have to say, you know, peace and blessing be upon them. So at the time of Abraham, peace be upon him, that was what we call him the father of the prophets. He's the one who's actually the way that he was seeking God came to submit himself to God and ever since the name of Muslims came because Islam and Muslims comes from a word um, submission to the will of God and so ever since that time um, we call him he's our father he's the one who called us Muslims we believe Christians and Jews their prophets followed Abraham, their father, and the same uh, tenets, and that is the submission to the will of God. So they are Muslims in the view of Muslims in terms of the origin of their faith. Now, later on called Christianity and Judaism, and then Muslims came in. And then, of course, from Abraham came... Um, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, David, and Solomon, and Jesus, peace be upon him, and then Prophet Muhammad is the last one. And we believe there are no more prophets that are going to come after Muhammad. He's the last one. We do believe that Jesus, peace be upon him, will come back again, that he was not crucified. God preserved his dignity and saved him from those who wanted to crucify him. And that's the major difference between Christianity and Islam. That uh, Jesus, peace be upon him, was saved by God, raised to heaven, and he will come back. And since this, the message is the same, and that is to submit to the will of God and to uh, get people to worship God, his message is not going to be different than what Muslims today are uh, believing in. You may be surprised to see how many common grounds between Christianity and Islam. Though the New Testament came from the Old Testament and the basis of Christianity comes from the Old Testament, 
you may notice that there are more differences between Christianity and Judaism than you'll see between Christianity and Islam. And I'll give you a few examples. In terms of Mary, peace be upon her, Muslims believe she, uh, she is the Virgin Mary, that she has given birth to Jesus, whom God has put his word in her womb, and Jesus, peace be upon him, came out. That she is regarded highly among Muslims. This is not for PR. This is in the Quran for over 1400 years. So it's not something we're trying to um, reach out to Christians and we kind of introduce some new concept that, hey, we believe in, in, in Mary as the Virgin Mary. No, this is in day one that she is regarded as the Virgin Mary. Um, to my understanding, Judaism do not recognize Mary as the Virgin Mary. And they do have a question about uh, her pregnancy and uh, whose Jesus' father is. And so, in doing so, you notice that we do believe, similar to the Christianity belief, that Islam recognizes Mary as the Virgin Mary, that Jesus is a prophet of God, messenger of God, and that he is the son of Mary, that he is the Messiah. I don't think Judaism considers Jesus as the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah. And this word, the Messiah, is mentioned in the Quran, Al-Masihu. Al-Masih means the Messiah, Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus, son of Mary. And so this you may not know that this is what Muslims believe. So the misconception here is that Islam um, does not recognize Christianity and they are a religion that they worship something. Some of them think that we worship Muhammad and some of them they say we are Muhammadans, but not Muhammadans. Our prophet is Muhammad, our messenger is Muhammad, but our religion is Islam and Islam is the submission to the will of God. It is a universal religion that does not confine to one group of ethnic background. As I said, Arabs are only minority. Um, you'll find Muslims in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. And if you go back to history, Islam came to Indonesia not by the sword, as some may suggest that Islam spread by the power and the might of the sword, you'll find out that the largest Muslim country was really adopted Islam based on meeting with Muslims who lived in Indonesia as business people, migrated to Indonesia, and people loved the way they worship, the principles of their religion, and the way they dealt with others. And that's a good message to our Muslim Americans here that how they should conduct themselves and recognize the importance of being in a country 
with other fellow citizens who may not be in your religion, um, that your ancestors have given a great deal of respect and good deal and treatment of others. So Islam was not really spread by the might of the sword, but the might of the idea that to worship only one God. You'll find Muslims in China, on Australia, in Europe, Eastern Europe, in Africa, in many other places in the world that you may not imagine that Muslims really, there are a, um, you know, uh, Scandinavian Muslims. Yes, there are. There are Australian Muslims. There are Congolian Muslims. There are Nigerian Muslims. There are all kind of different Muslims from different parts of the world. So, it is not based on race. Your mother does not have to be a Muslim so that you are a Muslim, nor that your father has to be a Muslim in order to be a Muslim. It is when you embrace Islam on your own understanding and that you have adopted this to be your religion, then you are a Muslim. And there's nothing else to verify or to force you to do anything other than saying that I do believe in God as the only God and that Muhammad is his messenger and you follow the teachings and the practice of the Prophet, you are Muslims. We do not question your heart. We do not perform heart surgery to find out exactly who you are, what do you mean. We take you on your words because your relationship is with God more than your relationship with others. So whatever is in your heart is what really dictates and identify you as a Muslim with respect to God. And in a Muslim community, Muslims are considered to be brothers and sisters. A social life that help one another. It doesn't matter, as I said, whether you are an Arab or non-Arab from this country or that country. It doesn't really matter. As long as you are a Muslim, um, I have an obligation and duty to treat you as a brother and sisters and to protect you, to help you, to be kind to you. Not only just you know, for Muslims, any Muslims anywhere living in the world has to treat his neighbors and his friends in the same kindness. It has been reported of what we call the prophetic tradition, traditions, which is whatever the prophet has exercised in his lifetime um, is something that we have to follow. Now, we do our best. We do not always follow the prophet. If we do, I don't think Muslims today would be in this terrible situation um, of ER that they are in. Um, they would have been much more um, uh, adhering to the practice of the Prophet, then I think the true religion would be exposed and explained. Uh, but understanding human natures of weakness, um, tendencies to do mistakes and do sins, and, and um, that's understood, and that's why sometimes you find uh, devout Christian, less devout Christian, moderate Christians, liberal Christians, and the same thing with Muslims. Some are practicing, adhering, some are less, some of them are liberal. Um, so that has to be taken into account so that we do not judge uh, the religion 
by the practice of, of, of some people, but by the, um, the true value of the religion itself, and that's how we should be judging. This picture, you'll probably be amazed. All those are people. This is, it's called Mecca, a symbolic house of God. We know there's no God live in there or sits in there. It's a symbolic, built by our father Abraham, peace be upon him, and his son Ishmael, in a completely deserted area in the desert. And it was the miracle of God that made the hearts of people come to this area and perform what we call today a pilgrimage. People come and visit. The rituals that we conduct there represents the, the quest and the some suffering um, that Ishmael's mother had to go through in order to provide water and safe living for her son um, in this deserted area and later on became the, the centerpiece of the world. Today, if they want to tell you something that attracts many people, they call it Mecca of something. So this is Mecca, and this is the Kaaba. We call it the Kaaba, which is the house. Um, again, it's symbolic. There is nothing that we worship itself. Um, uh, we go there and perform the pilgrimage. This is once a year. And as you can see, there are almost over two million people in one spot in one time. It's an amazing gathering that you'll see people from all part of the world wearing the same cloth, regardless where you came from, whether you are Bill Gates or you are Joe the Plumber or you are anybody else. We're all the same, wearing the same cloth, absolute equality before our Creator. Your wealth, your family roots, your economic status or social status, political status has absolutely nothing to do with where you are and what you perform and which line you are in. First come, first serve. I think I have touched on this before. And again, you may hear people say Allah. And Allah in Arabic is God in English. And meaning he is the creator, he is um, unique, he's one, um, um, cherisher and sustainer, um, he's sovereign, he's the almighty, he's the forgiving, the merciful. There are 99, what we call the 99 attributes of God. And, and those are the wonderful names of God. Um, so when you see Allah, it's God. Even Christian Arabs, they call him Allah. Um, and you may notice even in the root of certain, uh, especially in Judaism and others, you know, Jehovah, um, Jehovah's and Yahuwah's and Elohim, which comes from Ilahi, which is, oh my God, um, those who have seen um, the Passion of, uh, Passion of Christ, the, the movie, um, you may notice because they are speaking Aramaic and many words um, are actually Arabic sounding and Arabic roots 
And when Jesus depicted on this film, saying Ilahi, this is exactly an Arabic word. When we um, call God on, as we say, one and one, and you supplicate to him, you pray for him, and you say, Ilahi, oh my God. And you see that in Aramaic, exactly the same word, and you've seen this in the Passion of Christ. So the, the, uh, the word God in Arabic is Allah. And that's the name that he has mentioned in the Quran, which is the revelation and, and the book that Muslims um, considered as their holy book. And so that's his name, and that's what we call him with. And of course, he has no gender, no masculine or feminine, uh, no mother or father, no children, relatives, partners. Uh, anybody created him, anybody give him any uh, sustenance, he is self-sufficient uh, from the very, very beginning to infinities, uh, unconfined. He has the ultimate wisdom, the ultimate power, the ultimate knowledge. Um, I did touch on this one here, and there's a verse in the Quran that says, um, Say, O Muhammad, um, we believe in Allah, God, and that which was revealed to us, and, we, and that which was revealed to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes, and that which was given to Moses, Jesus, and to the prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction between any of them, and to him we submit. This is in chapter 3, verse 83. So, that is the basis of our faith. We have to believe in other prophets. Um, you will never find a Muslim that will recognize Muhammad, but does not recognize Jesus, or Moses, or David, or Isaac, or Ishmael, or Abraham, or Noah. And if he does, he's not a Muslim. He does not understand his religion. But those are the basics for Muslims. Those are the ABCs of faith that we recognize and respect um, the other prophets of God. And so we do believe in the Torah that was given to Moses, peace be upon him, and the Psalms given to David, the Gospel given to Jesus, and of course the Quran which was revealed to Muhammad. Now, the Quran is a collection of revelation um, given to the Prophet by the archangel Gabriel. He is the messenger between God and his prophets. Prophet Muhammad was illiterate, does not read or write. So those are the words of God. And those were written at his time by his companions so there was an absolute, absolute um, preservation of the original text. There is no alteration after the death of the Prophet to the Quran. So it was verified and authenticated as the words of God. Arabs at the time were famous in one thing that they can memorize. They have the ability to memorize. And they were the masters of the language. Though they would not have a, a um, um, civilizations like the, uh, the Egyptians in the pyramids or the Persians in their um, large dynasties of the Romans, one thing they had was 
the um, the amazing memory. So they used to memorize poetry. And we're talking about thousands of verses in their poetry. And they will um, say it, you know, directly um, without any problem. So they had the ability to memorize the revelation at the time. And since there are too many people there memorizing at the same time, there was uh, a way of double-checking that no one is reading something different. So the authenticity of the Quran is well-preserved. We talked about this, and we said that Muhammad was born in, in, in Arabia, in Mecca, in the year 570 A.D., uh, descended of Ishmael, the first son of Abraham, and re received the first revelation from the Quran at the age of 40 through the angel Gabriel. And he died in the year 632, which means that the Prophet lived 63 years. And keep in mind that the Quran was not revealed all in one piece. It was revealed in stages, in different verses, in different chapters, addressing certain situations. So it was a compilation over 23 years that the Quran was revealed and therefore was completely checked. Michael Hart, in his recent published book about the the most famous and admired 100 uh, people in, in history, he said, um, a ranking of the most influential person in history on rating of men who contributed towards the benefit and uplifting uh, of mankind rights, my choice, of Muhammad, my choice of Muhammad to lead the list of the world's most influential persons may surprise some readers and may be questioned by others. But, he was the only man in history who was supremely successful in both the religious and the secular levels. And so the unfortunate misconceptions and the projection of Muhammad being a tyrant, a terrorist, depicted in different cartoons, only reflect the ignorance of those who did not give themselves a time and chance to read, understand, and make an educated presentation or response to who is or was Muhammad. And we did talk about uh, Jesus and how we believe in him. And also, I would like to, uh, something about women. I know this is a topic always the favorite of the media. Um, you need to understand that before Islam, this is the status of woman. That is before Islam, before the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, came in. It was a very male chauvinistic. We sometimes see similarities in today's non-Muslim world as well. Male-dominated societies, even after 1400 years. Um, no rights for them, no status, no inheritance rights, um, no say in their marriage, um, considered uh, property of husbands, lost their names when they get married, uh, burden on society, baby girls buried alive, um, her money, property, 
and uh, uh, belonged to the husband once got married, not equal to men, um, given away by husband, exchanged for goods and services sometimes, traded, bought and sold, uh, other nations doing the same. Pre-Islam, this was the situations worldwide. Women being traded, sold. Uh, go and open some history books and read about the Romans at the time and how they viewed women. Even from religious perspective, Christian councils still arguing whether women has, uh, had souls. So it is unfortunate that women has been viewed throughout history in a very unfavorable way until Islam came and the teaching of the prophets that says women are equal to men and especially equal in the sight of God. They have the same belief, prayer, fasting, and charity. Um, they perform pilgrimage, exactly equal to men. Um, they are also subject to all rewards and punishment, just like men. Um, they have equal rights, equal status, right to inheritance, right to initiate marriage, right to initiate divorce, right to choose in marriage, right to keep her name, right to refuse marriage proposals, right to own property, right to work, right to be educated, cannot be traded, bought, sold. All her money is hers. All her property is hers. Men required to give dowry when proposed to a woman and want to marry them. The man has to give a dowry to the woman. And she is asset to society and is to be protected by men, to be respected, loved, admired, and also she is integral part of society and social affairs. And the, the prophet always emphasized, especially in his last sermon, which is revered and always remembered, um, he said, I um, want you to pay attention and take care of women. The best amongst you is the best to their women, and I am the best amongst you to my women. So uh, it was highly emphasized by the Prophet and the teaching of the Quran to take care of women. And the Prophet considered them, especially mothers, to be keys to heaven, lay at the feet of the mother. And your mother deserves the respect an honor when someone came to the prophet and asked him about who more deserves my attention respect and care he said your mom and then he asked him the question again who should I give my he said your mom three times and then he said your father so the fourth time that the prophet mentioned the father but three times emphasized that we should take care of our mothers respect them and um, the prophet also said he who is best to his wife is best in the sight of God and the prophet also taught us to be kind, gentle, loving with women and uh, we noticed that you know even Mary peace be upon her mentioned in the Quran as the most highly revered and uh, honored woman in mankind إن الله استفاك وطهرك واستفاك على نساء العالمين. God has said in the Quran that God has chosen you, purified you, 
and, and chosen you the best among all women and that is to marry that is in our book that's in the Quran that we learn that we read that we teach our children that we inspire our faith and spiritual um, uplifting so women has a great place in, 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 in Islam um, and that should not be confused with malpractice of certain people misunderstanding or their cultural influence uh, this has nothing to do with the teaching of Islam and just like any other religion unfortunately you may find from the followers of certain religion they do things contrary to the teachings of their religion and if there were any misconception about that religion the same applies to Islam that there are misconceptions about Islam and how they view and regard things um, I know that the greatest topic nowadays is violence Islam is a religion of violence Islam breeds terrorism uh, terrorism is in every word in the Quran which is absolutely um, untrue statement untrue understanding and we understand this is only used to generate attention to media um, in the war of media um, unfortunately material of this kind of instigation being given by some Muslims the practice and the things that they did was absolutely condemned uh, abhorrent and unacceptable and yes some media will pick on this and use it and say that's what Islam is all about uh, but they've forgotten that for 1300 years Islam lived in peace with others if Islam was a religion of violence and uh, terrorism and picking on wars um, let's just give you an example some of us may still remember or at least it is not far too far back in history World War II you would have seen Muslims be the major part of World War II in the fact of the matter you find none Muslims were actually victims of World War II and one of the uh, lasting problems of World War II is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict after the trust given to the West and they have used the lands unfortunately they took peace of that land and created a Jewish state and ever since there is a conflict between Palestinians and Israelis and you need to understand that Arabs and Palestinians are not against Jews and even Muslims in general they're not against Jews at all as I said they are recognized in our book and in our Quran they are people of the book we respect we understand we do they do exist they even existed in Palestine I think what the problem was is the Israelis is creating a state on the expense of other people who lived there on the expense of Palestinians or Arab Palestinians and Arab Jews who co uh, lived coexistently together for many years so the notion of extremism and violence is absolutely contradictory to the teachings of Islam um, I would like to stop right there and give you a chance to ask me questions because uh, you may have something that I did not cover here or at least I can clarify some of the things that I went so quickly on thank you
Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you all. Now, I want to mainly clarify three main things about Islam that are horribly, horribly misunderstood about it. The first one being that Islam is a religion of terrorism and all that. Now, if anyone's been following the news, there's been three movies that came out that bashed absolutely if they were not refuted, could have possibly destroyed Islam to its ground. And these three movies were Fitna, Submission, and the third one was um, Fitna, Submission, and there was... Uh, I got it with me, for me. Okay. It's uh, uh, Fitna, Submission, and Obsession. Now these three movies, they took the verses from the Qur'an so out of context that if someone didn't really educate themselves about what, the, what they really were, it, it really would have messed with people. Now they show you verses, they quote verses from the Qur'an saying, kill the unbelievers everywhere that you find them. They would say to slay them in every trench that you find them, and God's curses on the unbelievers, and so on and so forth. Now, you have to understand that these verses, every single verse that they quote, anyone that quotes about Islam being terrorists, is completely taken out of context. I don't care where in the Quran it's at, it's completely taken out of context. I will tell you this, a sheikh in Germany will tell you this, a sheikh in France will tell you this, and a sheikh in Europe, wherever he may be, he will tell you that it was taken out of context, period. They were talking about the unbelievers in the Qur'an, that it states that you kill them everywhere, were the ones who broke their treaties with us, who tried to kill us before we, while we still thought we had an alliance with them, and they betrayed us. The best example was the war with the Confederates. It was the third war that they had with the unbelievers. What happened was, this was the time when, after the war, the Jews that we had a treaty with, they broke it, and they were supposed to watch the back end of the city of Medina because they came at us with a massive force of 10,000 10, people and had the Bakanah been covered correctly they would have been killed so once the Prophet peace be upon him found out that these Jews gave up their position and they left and they said we have nothing to do with you and on top of that they tried to kill us that's when these verses come down to talk about killing the people who come to kill you all. God makes it very clear in the Quran. Allah makes it very clear. Allah does not forbid you from being good with the people who do not fight you and who do not mean to kick you out of your homes. That's extremely explicit. So there is no one, nowhere in the world has any Muslim would kill for this in the name of Allah. And if a Muslim says, I'm doing this in the name of Allah, then I'm going to declare jihad on you, and I'm going to kill you because you're not a Muslim, he is not a Muslim. What he's doing is clearly, very, very explicitly clear that it's against Islam. And if he does it, then Allah's wrath is on him for what he's just done, because he's invented a lie against Allah to say something like that. The second thing is, we've seen after the... After the, after the cartoons came out about the Prophet, peace be upon him, there was worldwide protests. Everyone was screaming and protesting, and they were so furious. And, you would, and people would ask, what's the big deal? I mean, I mean, come on, it's just a guy. I mean, okay, yeah, but I mean, why are you doing all of this stuff? Because if you understand the message that the Prophet, peace be upon him, came with, then you yourself should be criticizing the people who made them. He came with the, uh, the idea, he came about with the message of peace, of justice, of fairness, of equality with everybody. To not hate anybody, to treat everyone as equal. So if anyone is coming and saying that he was a liar and he was this, this, this and that, so what is he really trying to tell you? 
that he's against justice, that he's against peace, that he's against everything that he came with. There is no verse in the Qur'an that talks about spreading mischief. In fact, Allah even curses the people who cause mischief around the world. It's very explicit. So these things, I want everyone to understand that there is nowhere in Islam that you to force someone to become a Muslim. Allah even mentions it in the chapter of the cow, the second, uh, the second surah, it says there is no compulsion in religion, period. My message to everyone here is I give you the message, and if you accept it, you accept it. If you don't, that's between you and God. I have no more to say about it. We're all going to die here, this is a fact, that is between you and God. But I could only give you the message. So I just wanted to clarify these points to you guys. So people have a good understanding about what Islam is. That there is no room, there is absolutely no room for compulsion in the religion. And if your religion is a religion that tells you to kill someone based upon that they're not with your religion, leave it. Because that's not from God. God's perfect and He only says what's perfect. Period. There's no ifs or buts about it. So, me and uh, Osama, uh, we're open to any of your questions if you have any. And, um, yeah. And if you guys don't, then uh, have a nice day. So, do we have any questions? How long after the Bible was the 600 years, I believe. Yes. Okay, the Qur'an came, Allah tells us in the Qur'an that it came to confirm the truth that was presented in the Torah and the Bible, and to clarify any misconceptions that came through it. So yes, there are many things that, you know, we, we still hold on to, like the stories of the prophets, you know, the angels, heaven and hell, and day judgment, and so on and so forth. But there are still some references, but not all of them, we can't say all of them. Any other questions? Yes. Excuse me? It was Obsession, Submission, and Fitna. And these three movies were horribly taken out of context. I'll tell you that much now. They show a play, you know, they'll, they'll give you a verse in the Quran, and then they'll say, kill the unbelievers everywhere that it's at, and then you'll see pictures of 9-11, and they says, look, right here, you know, this, this, this is what Islam is all about. And again, it's refuted in every single aspect that you could look in. Every single aspect. Everything that's in it, were absolutely destroyed. The author has no ground to stand on. They even they don't even want to have an, they don't want to sit down and talk to any Muslim because they know how easily it'll get refuted. Very easily. So they and they just prefer to sit here and make movies and that's it. So any other questions? Yes. Um how old are you, Muhammad? I'm 20. Oh, that explains your energy and <laughs> your upbeat. Uh, appreciate it. The uh, Messiah mentioned in the Quran in in many places. Um, I can I can later on send you uh, exact locations in the Quran where Jesus, peace be upon him, was mentioned and the name that he is the Messiah. The Messiah, uh, um, uh, it, in Arabic, it's called Al-Masih. Al-Masih, you know. And God has given him power. Miracles. Jesus, yes. God has given Jesus miracles. The first one is his birth. is a miracle by itself. And 
It is not unusual, it is not the first time that God has created something a little different. For instance, God created Adam from no mother, from no father. So that is, by itself, is a miracle. And then God created Eve from a father, which is Adam, without a mother. And then he created Jesus from a mother, but not from father. God has shown us his power of creation. And then Jesus, peace be upon him, was given the miracles of uh, healing the sick and raising the dead. And this is also mentioned in the Quran that he argued with the people that God has given me these powers to guide you. Um, Jesus, peace be upon him, and the Quran never claimed to be the Son of God or God in the Quran. Uh, and that's where we say he's, he's not the son of God and he is not God. He is a prophet of God. He's a messenger of God. He's highly regarded and um, continues the message that was from the very beginning to continue to um, help people get back to it. Um, if Jews were not uh, went astray at the time, then there is no Christianity. Then it would have been continued to be Judaism. But the fact that there were uh, things start to go outside the tenets of Judaism in the Torah, uh, God sent Jesus to correct and to guide the Jewish people to the original message. And of course, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And um, no, the Messiah and Messiah. Um, he, because he used to heal, Yamsah heals, uh, yeah, and so that's you know given him to be al Messiah, the Messiah. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear what. Uh, well that, that's absolutely up between husband and wife whenever they are engaged, whatever they want to offer them. But we're, we're, saying, we're saying that is in there, that they provide that. Um, there are... Um, yes, thank you. Uh, the question uh, the sister he was asking, can a woman reject the dowry that was offered by the man who's proposing to her, trying to marry. Because, you know, in Islam, when you, when you marry someone, you are to give dowry, um, which is a sum of money, and that is usually to help the, the, the bride prepare herself, buy stuff for her, and, and, and so on. Um, she said, can she refuse to take this dowry? She doesn't want it. Is that okay Islamically or not? Um, it is absolutely up to the you know, between the bride and the groom, because sometimes there were poor men, they could not afford to really give good amount of money. Um, some of them were married to each other by being, memorizing the Quran, and they said, that's good enough for me. If, if, if you are memorizing the Quran, I will consider that equivalent to money you are giving me, because if you know it, then that's great for me that you are a righteous person. So it is symbolic and it's up to. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Yes? Uh, 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are specifically mentioned. Yes, we do believe in, in the Torah and the Bible, of course, that those are the books of, 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 of that's why we, you know, we recognize Christianity and Judaism because they are the people of the book, according to, because they, they have books from God been revealed. We do know that, unfortunately, those books were not preserved to their original text that was at the time of the prophets, at the time of, of Moses. And that's why Jesus came to correct what has been uh, um, uh, altered in Judaism. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have come. Everything is fine and everything, and they got the right things. Um, and the same thing in Christianity. Things start to go, you know, not exactly how Jesus was, was, was said it. And you'll find out there are many different versions of the Bible. And um, they're completely not in sync. And because it was a human element who came in to write after the death of Jesus. And, and so everyone was trying to remember what was said and is it this or is it that. So it was not really authentic. However, we do not reject each and everything in there. Whatever been mentioned in the Quran, then that's kind of double um, um, uh, emphasis. That, that it's matched here than we be. If something that comes and contradicts what's in the Quran, we don't take it. If something that is not mentioned in the Quran, we do not reject, we do not accept, we recognize as that's part of the, you know, the Bible and what the people of that book believe in. Uh, we respect that. But, um, yes, we recognize, but not necessarily that they are all authentic. Um, and that's why prophets come, so that they can correct the previous ones. Well, it is, that's just like when, uh, when, you know, God, when he created everything, um, they all submitted to God and to his will, except man given the chance and the choice. And that's why not just his books, his own very creation, some believe in him, some of them are atheists. They don't even believe in him. And he can say the same question. How come that they don't believe in him? He created them. Well, the same thing, the books and the messengers. Not everyone believed in the messengers at the time. Some of them, they rejected the messengers. And so, with the same analogy and argument, people write these books and write, and at the time of these prophets, if I was at the time of Moses, I will be the follower of Moses. If I'm at the time of Jesus, I'll be the follower of Jesus. So, it is, what happened is that after that, there's a human element comes in and people start to guess and start to do a little introduction of their own and interpretation of their own and they start to deviate. And the human beings have the tendency to uh, uplift their status whenever they feel that they have really accomplished something and unfortunately. And just like um, you know those the story way back in, in Florida, the one who felt that he was really given some kind of insight and he had a group of people to follow him and he ordered them all to die. This is the most recent history. I, I forgot the name of the person. I think this is an American uh, 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 event that was everybody, you know, kind of uh, um, could not believe this. People do have that sometimes power. They can alter 
uh, certain truth or certain teachings. And they can convince people to follow them. And unfortunately, and this is, was not the first time, there was another group who they found in California, uh, dead in their beds, and they said they are ready to go to heaven or, to, or ready to go to somewhere else. There are uh, certain... Yes, there because a uh, couple of factors. First, it was written at the time of the prophet, so he would be able to correct if there was anything that was changed. But wasn't he illiterate? No. Yes, because this was a revelation, and it was memorized at his time. As I said, this was not revealed as written books. Those were given to him um, and immediately memorized by the prophet and his companions. And the angel Gabriel every year comes and review with the Prophet the Quran. So this was truly authentic. If there was something that was wrong, it would have been corrected. And of course, also God said in the Quran that he is preserving this book. And since the Prophet is the last one, and we know there are no more prophets are coming, and so this book has been preserved not only by the people, but by God, that will never alter. And we have a testimony for that. For 1,300 years, you can go anywhere in the world. You'll find the same Quran, the same exact, each word by word, and there's no alteration to it. Yes. Okay, now you said, um, now, first thing, the reason why is that, because if God let this one get corrupted, then he, then the, where would it stop? You know what I mean? The The Torah came down, and it was messed with as the Bible and the Quran came and Quran and uh, Allah even says it in the Quran, He says, Had everyone in the world and all of the jinns and all the angels came together to write the likes of this Quran, it could never happen. Now the Prophet, peace be upon him, he was illiterate so he did not write it down. He was he told it to his companions and they wrote it down. Okay? And there was a time when uh, at the at the the third uh, how do you say Okay, the third leader of Islam. Okay, he came and he's heard this one. Um, this one man, he was reading the Quran in a different way, and he said, "He said, well, what are you reading?" He said, "I'm reading the Quran." And he heard that there's different dialects, so he grabbed the one, the Quran, and put them together to the ones that were sounding different, and he burned them because then it would start bringing out different branches. You know what I mean? It would, people, there would be different understandings of it. You see what I mean? Do you understand that? There's many. There's apps. Okay. Um, um, let me let me interject here a little bit. I think you can ask Christian scholars, and that do you agree with every Bible out there? They will tell you not. So is there a difference between alternate or translate? Well, right, 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 and unfortunately, also has different also. Um, believe in with different ones. The, the, the Catholic are different than the Protestants, and the Protestants are different. So there is a change. And whether translation or other than translation, as long as there is alteration to concept, then yes, it has no longer been authentic. So the Quran has never been changed whatsoever? You can ask anywhere in the world. In it, here's the thing. Every Muslim have to, in, in your prayer, have to read the Quran in the Arabic. You cannot read it in English while you're praying. Because it is in Arabic and you have to read it in Arabic. 
You can read it and study it in English to understand it if you are not a native Arabic. But when it comes to praying, then you have to use the Arabic text and you have to memorize it. So a non-Arab speaker, in order to understand the Quran, needs to learn Arabic. To understand the Quran, you don't have to have an Arabic. You can read an English version and read and understand it. To read it in your prayer, it has to be in Arabic. And Muslims of non-Arabic background, they will memorize the Quran just like everybody else when they do their prayers. This is the way the Prophet has prayed and that's how everybody prays. Remember, the Prophet is the way that we follow. So, anywhere in the world, Muslims will pray the same way. They have to read from the Quran and that is in Arabic. You can study the Quran outside your prayer in any language you want. And that's no problem. The prophetic traditions are in different uh, languages. You can read it. In, you, in our prayer, we do not read prophetic traditions. Only the Quran is read in the, in the prayer. So there's a distinction, and that's why the Quran has been preserved. Everyone reads it the same. Right. So, why is there such a big Okay, let me, uh, Shahnaz, I'm going to take over. No, there's absolutely not a... Okay. No, I, I, because I see where you're coming to. There's absolutely not a single verse in the Bible that states that Jesus is God, where he says, I worship me. Now, what you're pointing to... No, 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 no. No, no, it's just, no where he says that I am God, worship me. It doesn't matter. If you guys, you, you pray to him, right? Yeah, that you say that you believe in him, that he's your salvation, and that you, if you, you have to die believing that he died on the cross, correct? Okay, now everything in the Bible that points to him being the Son of God, or where he says that, you know, this is the Lord, or whatever, they're all in third person. Someone is saying it, or it's a commentary of someone pointing to it. There is nowhere where he clearly says, I am God, worship me. Nowhere. And... I, I ask you if, you, if you, if you don't believe what I'm saying, then you're more than welcome to pull out a verse for me. But I'm telling you, you will not. No, 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 okay. Yes. No, that actually proves that he's not, because there's a, the, I know the verse you're talking about, it's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 to 23, okay, and what that's saying, it says, many will come to me on that day, they will say, O Lord, O Lord, we prophesize in your name, we cast demons out in your name, and then he will reply, get away from me, you evil nation, I have nothing to do with you, and go ahead and check it up if you have a Bible on you, that's exactly, what is that saying? 
He's telling them, they're coming up to him, they say, we prophesy in your name, and we cast demons out in your name. And what is he going to say? Get away from me, you evil nation. I have nothing to do with you. So that means you're, worship, you're, you're casting your, I mean, you guys cast out in his name, you prophesied in his name, and he's telling you, get away from you, evil nation. Who is he talking about? Okay, you know, because I see you want to turn this into a debate, so we could talk after this. But does anyone have any um, questions regarding the topic? Yes, ma'am. No, uh, yes, you're absolutely correct. Okay, okay, I see, I see where you're coming. I'm going to give you the same response. This, the topic of this was clearing up the misconceptions of Issa. If you want to talk to me one-on-one, I'll be more than glad to sit down and talk to you. But let's stick to the topic. And if anyone doesn't have any questions regarding it, I'll be more than happy to come to talk to you, talk to you, and talk to anyone else in the audience. Is there any more questions regarding the topic? Let me just... Let me clarify one thing here. Um, I'm sure that Muhammad is available for you to, to speak, whatever. We are not here to tell you what you should believe or what you should not believe. We respect what you believe and what's in your Bible. What we're saying, the way Muslims view Christianity... We view Christianity as religion from God, as that Jesus is a prophet, is not son of God, or God himself. Um, there is, that's why we have differences. Yes, we do recognize differences. We regard him as a prophet. He delivered a message to the people at the time to worship God. We believe, that's in our book, and you don't have to abide by that. We believe that his message was altered. And the love for him has would time change to consider him as son of God or sometimes even God himself. That's, that's a difference. That's, it is there. And you are, I'm not going to tell you, you know, whether it is, you know, right in your book or wrong. It is up to you to verify, to check whether that is. And that is totally accepted by Christians that, you know, Jesus died for their salvation and that he was died on the cross. That's your belief. And we respect that. Uh, but I'm not here to tell you you have to change that belief. I'm telling you how we view Christianity. And obviously there are differences. And, but generally speaking, we see that there are common grounds with Christianity than between Judaism and Christianity. At least in Muslims recognize Jesus, peace be upon him, as the son of Mary, the son of Virgin Mary, that he is the Messiah. The only difference we have, though, that he's not... God or Son of God. Whereas with Judaism, he's not the Messiah, and he's not uh, came out of Virgin Mary, but in certain relationship that Mary had with somebody else. And, of course, they do not consider him as God or Son of God. So basically we're saying there are things that are common, more common between Islam and Christianity than even the origin of Christianity, which came from uh, uh, the Old Testament. Uh, now, how clear is your book? How authentic your book? We believe there are differences among Christian, Christians themselves, how they view Jesus. 
Uh, some of them, they, they believe he is son of God. Some of them, they don't believe he is son of God. Some of them, they believe he is God. Some, they say, no, he is only son of God, but not really God. There are God and the, and, the, and, and the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit, and so on. So, that's up to you to debate within your own to see which one is right. We believe Bible is not one Bible that is across every, every Christian denomination. There are different Bibles, and that's why it is not preserved as the original Bible that was written at the time of Jesus to verify each and every word in it. It was written afterwards. Whereas we say the Quran we consider it as the authentic one because it was documented and written at the time of the Prophet. If there was any dispute, it would have been clarified by the Prophet at the time and there was none. And so that's are the kind of differences we say. That's why we consider ours to be authentic. You don't have to believe in that. And why we see there are some discrepancies in, 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 in the Bible. And we believe there are many Christian scholars have admitted to that. Um, that's basically what we are saying. But you are under no obligation to take anything. All right, so if we don't have any more questions regarding the topic, I'd like to thank you all for coming, and um, hopefully we'll have this uh, talk later on. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, are we allowed to extend our time? Yes. These are the foundations of what a Muslim is. Okay, to go to heaven there's much, much, much more to it, but in order for someone to be a Muslim, he has to believe in the five pillars of faith, and then six pillars of Iman. Six pillars of um, Iman. Iman. Uh, you cannot use actually certain words that you cannot understand. Yes. Yeah. The, the five pillars are the ones that basically you cannot be a Muslim if you don't believe in God. So pillar number one is to believe in God and, and His prophet. The other one is that you cannot be a Muslim and, and co completely not pray or recognize that you have an obligation to pray. And then fasting and then giving the alms and the charity and then uh, performing uh, and fasting and then uh, doing the pilgrimage. Those constitutes that you have, you have done what you need to do as a Muslim. Now, to go to heaven, you need to do work and you need to be good and you need to be righteous. Uh, you cannot be killing people and say, I'm going to heaven because, you know, I'm doing this for God. Uh, you cannot steal and say, because I'm taking from the poor, from the rich, I'm giving to the... There are m much more. Even, even treating a cat. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you could go to hell if you, uh, if you mistreat a, a, a cat and, and, uh, and not being kind. So, there's a whole lot of things, just like any other religion, they call upon the people to be righteous, to be nice, to be good, um, to really reflect goodness of God on, on earth um, that's you know, because always two words mentioned in the Quran that those who believe and do right things he never said only those who believe he said only those who believe and do right things so a believer cannot claim that hey I accept Islam I can do anything because I'm okay no, that is not okay, okay. alright thank you very much for coming and um and anyone who would like to talk to me more about what we were talking about, you're more than welcome to come speak to me. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.